Hey folks, Lewis here. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to the incredibly talented artist who has produced our cover art for us, um, which has genuinely made us look better than we do in real life. Um, if you want to check out more of his artwork, head over to Instagram and find Batman the Animated Fan. Alright, let's do the show. In an age of turmoil, can free idiots discussing movies change the world? No! On Infinite Earths. Okay, let's do this. Let's be let's be serious now, guys. Let's let's take this as seriously as we always do. Okay. Which is not very. Um, and welcome to uh, another brand new episode of podcast on Infinite Earths. Andres. Hi. Hello. Well, that's not how we do it, is it? That's how not we do it. <laughs> 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 Who are you guys? How many have you had to drink, Tom? I can't do my bit before you do your bit. <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm also Tom. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't work if also Tom is first. <laughs> it sounds like we're, the podcast is lagging again. Oh yeah, should we address that? Oh. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Lewis has just basically said, fuck them. <laughs> all, all six <laughs> listeners. Right, well, on, on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the 2002 spectacle that is Spider-Man. 2002 uh, the... or 1992? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you didn't know... It's up for debate, but it is, <laughs> but it is 2002. Um, but before we get to that, we, we like to have a little natter about some news and whatever else is going on in the world. Um, obviously, still not much going on because we're still under quarantine because of the plague sequel. Pangolin flu. <laughs> This is some good podcasting, guys. <laughs> you've, you've literally just said there's nothing going on in the world. Everything is cancelled. The stuff we did love is now dead. Um... <laughs> All our loved ones. Oh, God. <laughs> um, there is a little bit of news. Um, I mean, have, have either of you finished Tiger King yet? Yeah. Good. So Netflix have just released uh, a bonus episode today. I've watched that as well. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. It's, just, it's literally just Joel McHale talking to a few people like this, uh, kind of trying to take the piss out of him by being, oh, and but not like rile him up at the same time. So a bit like Talking Dead, you know, like one of them after show special kind of things. Or okay. what we do to each other on this podcast. Pretty much. <laughs> Why is it Joel McHale? I don't know. I think, well, his reason was he'll take any job. 
<laughs> I believe him. Yeah. I do. Is is it? What's your review of it then, Tom? Is it is it worth worth watching? It's it's a little bit of extra context and content. But if you love the series, yeah, sure. But it's not it's not necessary. That thing's doing its rounds on Facebook now, isn't it? You know, one of his boy husbands has now got a full set of teeth. <laughs> yeah. He looks, looks fantastic with his, with his beard, his cowboy hat. He, yeah, he looks like some sort of, um, like, yeah, like a comedy character. Like it's, what it's... world do we live in where someone getting a full set of teeth is news? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a, a pandemic world, I guess. <laughs> but it's the fact that he's not just got, you know, any set of teeth. He's got all the teeth now. Like they are so incongruous to the rest of his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop doing drugs. He's doing the. He's sorting his life out. So good for John. Good. Good on him. Well done for remembering his name. I think that's his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it could be anything really um i mean as far as a a, a bonus episode of a, a show goes is it on par with our bonus episodes do you think i on par <laughs> <laughs> there's probably definitely more of a structure <laughs> ours ours just... more... somehow i've had more alcohol <laughs> oh that that's that's bad. Do you not have that's any sort of like hillbilly moonshine? Not on screen. Um. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that because I I feel like we shouldn't give these people as much attention as we're giving them because that's what they want. But I can't look away from it. I really can't, and I want more Tiger King in my life. <laughs> the the whole series is Sassam. Like you can't, you want to look at it, but you shouldn't be looking at it. But you can't mm-hmm. look at it. It's like, oh, everyone's broken. It. It's all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned. This, this podcast is just mostly Tiger King focused these days. <laughs> yeah. And why not? It's what. Yeah. It was my my homework from last episode. Go watch Tiger King. I did, and I'll never be the same. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Did you fall like for you said, Are you now um, one of his husbands? <laughs> <laughs> Sharing well, a bed and also a brain cell. Well, I'm straight, so I fit the criteria, which is. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it, it, it's just a, um, it's a train wreck from start to finish of the very best kind, though. Um, I just, I, I, I could, I don't know. It, it's, it's everything I needed during a pandemic. Can you imagine what the footage was like that was burnt down in that shed? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I, I don't think they'd even be allowed to show her like most of it. Like, apparently the cutout is racism. 
Wow, they did not do a good job. <laughs> Sack that editor. <laughs> I suppose there's probably a point where like, guys, if we cut out any more, we don't have a show. We've got to leave some of it in. It's a bit like the transitions in our podcast. Like, it just <laughs> being outside to them being in the front room. Like, Oh, uh, they should have some jazz space. That's what it's missing. <laughs> that, that is kind of how I I edit this. I'm kind of like, well, I can't leave that in, but if I take it out, we're missing 25 minutes of material. So I'm just gonna I've got to weigh up the uh, the pros and the cons of what I what I edit out, and I end up leaving it in. Um, okay, Tiger King, good. Um, I I've got a little bit of news. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, um, Robin, as in Batman and Robin, is 80 years old. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Happy 80, years, 80 years of the boy wonder, Robin. And girl wonder. And, and girl Robin wonder, yes, sorry. I thought you were actually talking about Burt Ward, but... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he might be. He, he, was Bert Ward. Than 80. <laughs> <laughs> he was um he, he had a little Burt Ward? No, I said how old is Burt Ward? Oh thank God for that. Jesus. Jesus. Um he, he had a little cameo on the uh Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover. He doesn't look well. Is he he's walked the dog, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he he literally just he's walking his dog and says "Holy crimson skies" and then he evaporates. That's hardcore. He is seventy-four, so that he is not. Yeah, that wasn't CGI. He just ran out of moisture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we can use this. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he just. Um, does like big dog rescue these days that's all that's all he gets so he, he's he's a real life superhero oh is it gonna be one of those uh, uh, like big dog king coming to netflix <laughs> <laughs> where it turns out he's an absolute psychopath and he's married to 50 men <laughs> he hey dogs keep... and puppies welcome to big dog rescue <laughs> <laughs> There's this um, there's this really great meme um, and it's uh, it's Carol Baskin and um, Joe Exotic and the, the Carol Baskin one is um, how I talk to uh, customers at work and it's uh, hey y'all cool cats and kittens and then it's um, how I talk to my colleagues at work guess what motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that really horrible one where it says the last known picture of Carol Baskin's husband and it's a lion taking a shit. <laughs> oh no these, these tiger king memes are getting out of out of hand <laughs> just everyone's at home they've got nothing better to do and I lose their moral compasses completely completely the fact that we're all kind of obsessed with this maniac is just not a good thing yeah as soon as you've watched the first episode you've left that at the door aren't you like yeah yeah 
One of my one of my favourite memes is the um, it's just a picture of Joe Exotic stood as as camp as can be, and it just says, "This is the genie that appears when you rub a two litre bottle of Mountain Dew." <laughs> 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 oh, like Frosty Jacks, innit? Oh. Yeah. I find it really disturbing how many um, mashups I've seen of Joe Exotic's face blended with Donald Trump and how natural it fits together. <laughs> it's really weird. Oh. How, <laughs> how is um, Joe Exotic's album doing in the iTunes charts now? I bet people are <laughs> downloading it to- <laughs> that's something apparently uh from this bonus episode john says that's not joe's voice singing i mean it, it not? isn't what? it's um it's one redeeming there. i was uh i felt cheated when i found that out that it's it's some band that does it for him and i you mean know, shame you know on me for out. assuming it, it go on you know, at the funeral of his um, husband, uh, young uh, he plays his album and he sings over the top of someone else singing. <laughs> it's like, you're not even trying, Joe. You're not. I'm just a bit embarrassed that I thought for a split second Joe Exotic could sing that well. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's it, got a he's got a great voice. You were sat there thinking, you know, that's a redeeming factor, you know. It's kind of obvious, really, isn't it? That that's not him. Oh, I like how less than two minutes ago I said, Robin's 80. <laughs> now we're just talking about Joe Exotic again. <laughs> um, I feel like we should talk a bit more about Robin, but what we'll do, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll try and not talk about Tiger King. How about that? Uh, no promises. Okay. Yeah, it might be hard. <laughs> All right. Jazz interlude. He does it. I'm recording, Tom. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Oh, so we Robin. weren't. Yeah, Robin. So eighty years of Robin. Um, Who's your favourite? Well, bonus points, guys. Can you name all the Robins? Oh, no. Right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Dick Grayson. Tim Drake. One. Two. Uh, that guy. Three. <laughs> uh, Damien Wayne. Yep. Uh, oh, God. There's one which... Before Damien. Oh, fuck. Tom's Tom's googling here. <laughs> My other screen. I'm not. I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't name really any of them. Uh, which one's Red Hood? Is that Tim Drake? Is that no? It's Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Thank you. And you've got two females in there as well. Oh, the ginger females. Yeah, yes, uh, the ginger one. The ginger one. And the one that becomes Silk? Or is that someone else? That's somebody else. You've got Carrie Kelly from The Dark Knight Returns. The ginger one. See, I told you. And you've got Stephanie Brown as well. Uh, yeah. 
That is a boring name. A very, yeah, very... <laughs> I like to be called name. Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown. Yeah, it's not the most um, superhero name, is it? It's like um, it's like that guy from Game of Thrones, the leader of the Golden Company, just called it Harry Strickland. <laughs> he sounds like a dancer. <laughs> he, he just sounds like some sort of like hedge fund manager to me. <laughs> I, what are we all drinking? What are we on? I am on Jack Daniels and Coke. Oh, I had beer, but it's gone. <laughs> well, yes, that will happen to it. <laughs> I'm on strong, which I didn't realise was horrible. Um, yeah, strong was bad. Have you seen Strongbow. that? Um, have you seen that picture where it's like how Strongbow is advertised in America and how Strongbow is advertised in England? And the picture in America is them drinking them out of really short tumblers and like socialising and smiling. And then the other is a guy with one shoe just passed out in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, is it me in Huddersfield? <laughs> I mean, they come in pint cans. Like, who's drinking that? <laughs> a tumbler. <laughs> are, you on, are you on original or dark fruit? Oh, you original. original look. Piss coloured. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my It's flavoured as well. <laughs> <laughs> Strongbow is one of those drinks that you need to have had a few drinks already before you start drinking Strongbow. Well, yeah. I'm in luck. <laughs> <laughs> it is four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> what else is there to do, Lewis? What else except watch Spider-Man? I was... Uh, <laughs> when you were ill the other day, I was like, oh, he's got that bad case of haven't watched Spider-Man-itis. <laughs> no, I actually did watch it. Um, and it made it. That... <laughs> <laughs> That's what gave him the migraine. I don't want to fucking talk about this shit. Do you? No, do you? I did feel like shite. Well, I'm glad you didn't have the COVID. You're not vidding. No, I don't have the Rona. <laughs> Well, is is there any other news you guys want to discuss? Uh, no. I found a new park. <laughs> I feel like you. Tom, this nobody isn't knows the time where you, you live. <laughs> <laughs> this probably isn't the time you should be going out discovering new parks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting bored with my walk. I need. Especially after what the judge said, Tom. <laughs> You're not allowed yeah. within 10 feet of a park. I know, that's a specific park. <laughs> this one's fine. <laughs> what other news do we have? What's what's everyone been watching besides Tiger King? So what's what's your binny binge? Um, I'm still working my way through The Mandalorian, and I like it, but... <sighs> It's just a lot of it is just the Mandalorian in a wide shot walking through some sort of desolate landscape. <laughs> and there's not actually an awful lot that happens. I think they could, once it's out here properly, because it's still not all out for some fucking reason, <laughs> um, you could easily edit it down into like one 
good long movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely feel you could. Well, I've not seen it. Um, but it strikes me as just one long escort mission in games. And let's be honest, they fucking suck. <laughs> it, it, Who it's, wants it's to do an bit. escort mission? <laughs> it, it, it is a little bit like that. Um, they they never just, do your speed, do they? No. no. <laughs> they always get in the way, always get killed. They block a corridor. <laughs> I love the ones in Skyrim where you can like, get them going. And then you like quick travel and then wait. <laughs> <laughs> like GTA, where you get in a car and drive off really fast, and then they suddenly just appear at the point. <laughs> Although, um, have you played Bioshock Infinite? No. I repeat, I do not have a console. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Bioshock Infinite came out when we were in uni. <laughs> and yeah. the whole premise right. of that game is one long escort mission. Right. Hello, like, I did have a PlayStation 2. Came out last year, PlayStation 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had one console at uni, but I didn't have a uh, screen for it with any sound. So I was just, <laughs> I was making up the plot to Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. Just just you <laughs> voicing all of the characters in Assassin's Creed. Oh, oh no, I've come to I've come to an edge which it won't let me go any further. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I wish he did have that voice. <laughs> I'm gonna jump in this hay. Just look look at me. I'll do it. Oh no. <laughs> I've collected all your feathers. What do you want me to do? See, I never got yeah. to that bit. <laughs> oh, did you not? Did you get no, sick? Did your voice run out? No, I just, I just didn't know. I just didn't know what I was meant to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be a very crap. different game. Games are really hard when you can't hear what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I can get through... I got through COD, because it says shoot the people until they're dead. Which which Call of Duty? It like might a, have been original recipe. Original recipe. <laughs> <laughs> five, herbs. five herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven, sorry. Five herbs. God, oh. Mine, mine doesn't taste as good. Clearly, the dick <laughs> of video games. There is one good Dixie chicken in Manchester, and it closed. Fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot of lost cat posters outside of that Dixie Pigeon. <laughs> a lot of claws in your food. And you're you're talking to the person who frequents a Chinese restaurant that has a bouncer on the door. <laughs> that's how you, that's I, how you know it's good. I maintain that's Lewis's fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's one time I <laughs> provoked the angry drunk man. None of us have been slapped in the face of a chicken ball. <laughs> Somebody has at some point. I've not been slapped. At what if I haven't? What if you are the one and only? <laughs> residual chicken ball from your face. That was a good night. 
I might, I might talk my way into trouble, but I can talk my way out of it as well. You didn't, though. I <laughs> no, I didn't. Excuse me, that monster's hit me. Let's sort it out. And his exact words were, "I can, I can help you now, but I can't help you out there." <laughs> oh God, that is what he said, isn't it? Oh, he was, was really ominous, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, sinister. And I'm like. Like, what do you what do you mean you can't help me out there? Like it's it's on your doorstep. No, it's a wildland. Um, just just one little bit of news before we um move on to our feature presentation. Um, Taika Waititi was talking about. Uh, by the way, I love Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. He was talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, and he said um. It makes Ragnarok look tame. He said, "If you if you Google space sharks, you'll get an idea of what we're doing." <laughs> I'm in. I'm, I'm all, I'm all in. Where's Google? Excuse me, Google. Space <laughs> sharks search. I mean, sharks. I'm very excited. Whatever's going to happen. Oh, I can't put a space. Yeah. If it, if you Google it, then it is just pictures of, of Thor wrestling a shark in space. Yeah, that's all and, I want. And that I think that should happen, be so. I think that should be the tagline for the film. <laughs> <laughs> the is, Megalodon in space. That is great. Yeah, can we have space. Jason Statham on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a really weird version of a silver surfer. He's just painted in... <laughs> He's just punching sharks in the in space. I'd love it if if they did it like um, uh, a sequel to the Meg, like a one last job sort of thing. Like you, you know, he's the only man for the job. He was a deep sea diver, and now he's got to go to space. <laughs> I, I do like in that film where they go, go on, go on, do it, and he's like, no, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, he comes around really quickly. He's twisting my arm in the five minutes we've been talking. It's like that um, that bit in the Family Guy Star Wars. It's like, no, I won't show you the ways of the Force. Okay, I'll show you the ways of the Force. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm really excited for this this new Thor film because it's it, it's amazing how Taika Waititi made Thor probably the most interesting character in the Avengers after being the worst. Yeah. Well, I I feel I'm a for the first four uh, apologist. Oh, you know. Yeah. I like Explain it. yourself. <laughs> Justify your actions, Tom. Well, it's, it's, like a, it's almost like a little western, like a small town. A bad guy comes. There's sand. <laughs> That's a, a man uh, of resounding steel. review. The ending <laughs> to steel, that was the entire film. I, it was good for the time. Like, you know, you look at what we'd seen before. It was good. But, yeah, I like the way they went with it. Because Thor 2 was just dreary. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But Ragnarok is spectacular. Um, not least just for having Jeff Goldblum in it. <laughs> just playing Jeff Goldblum. And I love okay. that one. Uh, I don't know her name, but she's... In a lot of Taika films, 
she's like uh, his right hand woman, like the angry New Zealand lady. I'm gonna look her up. Oh she, god, she's the one with a stick that like evaporates people. Um, angry New Zealand. Oh, the 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 lady on the on the planet with the collector. Yeah. Oh right. I'm researching angry New Zealand lady. See what comes up. <laughs> the, the New Zealand Prime Minister, maybe. No, I just isn't great. Leave her alone. <laughs> We've got so political again. I uh, know there's too many angry New Zealand women. She's not the first one. <laughs> Why don't you do what any normal person would do and search for Ragnarok cast? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that would just make too much sense. Uh, so angry, New Zealand, <laughs> angry New Zealand Lady 4 No I think it got confused by Lady 4 And it's just showing me a lot of other stuff <laughs> A lot of Natalie we'll never, know. we'll never know There's no way of knowing Well <laughs> Are you Thanks just to take us down that rabbit hole Tom <laughs> You're welcome That was a great diversion that we didn't need uh, And on that note We're going to take another break Refill our booze and we'll come back and talk about Spider-Man. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, Today's feature presentation is the 2002 Marvel superhero movie Spider-Man. Spider-Man, as always. (laughs) Spider-Man. Spider-Man. (laughs) <laughs> and as always we start with our quick facts Thanks. I really appreciate the enthusiasm alright quick facts so this film released in 2002 starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten Dunst Kirsten Kirsten Dunst. All right. Um, Willem, Willem Dafoe, James Franco, and Why others. Why struggle on Kirsten Dunst, but not Willem Dafoe? Like, Willem is not normal. <laughs> uh, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, budget $139 million. Box office $821 million. That's a... For 2002, that's a big box office not bad though uh, and remarkably even though you, you, you're way back in 2002 it was still only the third highest grossing film of 2002 bonus points guys if you can name me the top two films of 2002 uh, I can't name films oh, just the franchises <laughs> they were from Stuart Little oh. <laughs> yes Stuart Little got it in one who remembers Stuart Little? Um, yeah. Oh, franchise. Shrek. No. Yeah. Big franchises. Big early uh, 2000s franchises. Was, was there a Batman around that time? No. No. X-Men? No. 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 Yeah. Uh, Jurassic oh. Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park <laughs> whatever Harrison Ford is doing these days um, Indiana Jones 
Oh, I really thought you'd get this a lot quicker than you have done. <laughs> Give us a clue. Give us a clue. All right. Okay. Um, clue number one for the number one film. I will say Sean Bean. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord oh. of the Rings. And then number two, I will say. Let me think of a clue that doesn't give it away. Naming, naming someone in a film. That's not a clue. Uh, well, to be honest, I'm glad you, you said it. Lord of the Rings. I was going to say Troy. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the, and the second highest grossing film, um, let's say it was predominantly child actors in the film. Was this also a franchise? Mm-hmm. 2002, child actors. Yeah. It, it revolved around three specific child actors, mostly. Oh, I'll let Tom get it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> three child actors. No. Can you give me another clue without sort of... Tom's delicately whistling the... I can't hear it. <laughs> I can't hear every single whistle. Like, <laughs> um, Who was in it? Sean uh, Right. <laughs> Not Sean Bean. Uh, I've got a clue in In this specific film, you had... Uh, well, in all of them, Robbie Coltrane. Is it Harry Potter? Yeah. yeah. Of course it's Harry Potter. Jesus. Harry Potter. Yes, it's Harry Potter. Um, but still, you know, Spider-Man nearly broke a billion dollars back in 2002. And although that's kind of the norm these days for Marvel films, that's that's a massive success, that. Um, Do we know I was just surprised. Do we know what came fourth or fifth in that list? Uh, if you give me two seconds. I'm interested to know what it beat. Like, obviously, it wasn't going to be Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. So, in fourth, uh, to be fair, you went far away, was Attack of the Clones. Oh, uh, in, in, in fifth, you had Men in Black 2. Um, sixth, you've got Die Another Day. Oh, dear. Um, seven, Signs. Yeah. Eight, Ice Age. Number nine, my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and then number ten is Minority Report. Um, a lot of big films in this in this year, actually. And, mm-hmm. and yes, Tom, you're right. Stuart Little Two is in the top fifty. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> is it number fifty or is it forty nine? <laughs> it's it's thirty one. Hey, Jesus! It did well. Little Two. People see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It did pretty well. Okay, and I think those are all my quick facts, guys. And obviously, this film introduced many people to the magic that is Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) We have this film to thank. (laughs) Oh, get off the podcast, Tom. We'll wait. Uh, I'm looking at you now. You definitely had Nickelback's album. Didn't have the album. I had enough songs to yeah, make an uh, album. Though. <laughs> oh. We were all downloading them on LimeWire at the time and giving our computers the 
an STI. <laughs> Lime wire, the only thing deadlier than coronavirus. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that there. <laughs> Let that hang what you just said like the party is. Um, <laughs> What are your guys' first thoughts on Spider-Man? Oh, it's colourful. Yeah, but grainy at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch a Korean copy again? No, I watched it on Sky. Um, And I'd like to admit to you that I did actually pay to watch X-Men last time. (laughs) because, (laughs) Because nowhere was showing any version of x-men um are you just worried that someone's gonna listen to this and hear that you're just downloading illegal movies every week <laughs> so you're just trying to cover your back I didn't oh, say <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like spider-man it's uh it's the best batman film i've ever seen <laughs> it's a bold statement <laughs> <laughs> I I like that it, even though it's a fairly modern film, uh, relatively speaking, it did that thing they used to do in like the 50s and 60s and start the film with 23 minutes of credits. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, a nice callback, but I thought. I, I, yeah. I just got annoyed with it. Danny Elfman's got to earn his paycheck somehow. I mean, <laughs> that, is, that is exactly <laughs> what it's for. And... It, I like it because it introduces you to how good the CGI is going to be in the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it does sort of lube you up a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> like it, it gets you ready for what's going to come what? in more ways than one. Words. Jesus Christ. It's oh, a little, dear. you know, you had, you had a project in IT at school and you're putting in all these like star wipes. And <laughs> transitions and stuff. Yeah, that was pretty much. It's stock audio. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. It also does what they they do in X Men, and I I don't know if this was like an early two thousands thing where they have to start with one of the main characters giving a voiceover explaining the whole film. Were we just yeah. stupid back in two thousand and two? I think they thought we. Hmm. Possibly. I mean, um, I, so I was, what, 10 at the time? Well, yeah, that's true. But not everyone was 10. How old is Tobey Maguire? Right. Uh, right. How old? I, I, yeah, I checked. So in 2000, when it came out, he was 27. That's ridiculous. So too old to be playing a... What are they in? Are they in uh, their version of university? But 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 they get on They're a school bus. College, it's high school. It's high school. Yeah, yeah, it's high, high school. school. This is what I mean. Yeah. It's it, it's <laughs> ludicrous because I think is it, it isn't just Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst that are ten years too old for the roles that they're playing. Every single actor in this film is far too old. Aunt May and Uncle Ben are grandparents' age. How <laughs> how can they be his mum or dad's sister or and or brother? Well, well, considering he's 40, Oh, who has always been in his late 50s, has a 12-year-old son. 
<laughs> miraculously is James Franco. No, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Uh, but to be fair, Willem Dafoe will outlive us all. <laughs> he will. Is he the is just the actors guild? Like everyone is just entirely too old in this film, and it, it's it's Aunt May that gets me because she is 89, and she's Everybody meant to be his aunt. Apart from the teacher showing around the site, like <laughs> <laughs> he is 10 years younger than all of the classmates. Um. I really hate the, um, and again, X-Men does this a little bit as well, how on the nose some of the plot points are in this film. Like, the, the very first time you meet, <laughs> the very first time you meet Willem Dafoe and he says to Peter Parker, your parents must be very proud. It's, uh, no, they're dead. Thanks for the exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the, in the very next scene, there are, um, they're at a museum tour about spiders. Come on. Yeah. Why, why, are they, why are they genetically engineering spiders? What is the point of it? Uh, <laughs> never explained. And it's just, it's the fact that it's it's like a whole thing dedicated to spiders. It's like, you it know what could have been a bit well. more subtle. They are scientists, right? They know the dangers of these spiders. When one is missing from the cage, she just goes, all right. <laughs> one of the other scientists might have it. It'd be good. Come on, let's go look at some dinosaurs. <laughs> Would you not look for the spider? Would you not panic more? <laughs> Especially considering what it obviously ends up doing. You'd think there'd be a little I bit mean, more cause for alarm. Yeah, they have gone like, what is the most dangerous aspect of each of these spiders? Let's give it all to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is it red and blue as well? Like, Again, we know, it's just... We know what Spider-Man's outfit looks like. You don't have to tell us that the spider was red and blue. We know. This is what I'm saying. This film is so on the nose. Subtlety is not this film's strongest suit by any means. And I'm not being I funny. Think... When that spider lands on his hand, why does he not react? It's <laughs> massive, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's he's very distracted, openly stalking a woman. <laughs> he is fucking... That is the first time I see Kirsten Dunst smile. Like, he is a... Face. Like, he's a fucking creep though isn't he Peter Parker in this film he, there's, a, there's a moment he just he's staring and smiling into her eyes for about 16 seconds without saying a single word yeah to be fair though like, I do like that she kind of plays it off a bit okay bye <laughs> 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 oh, that is one of my notes it just says <laughs> it just says Tobey Maguire is creepy as fuck he yeah. spends most of the film stalking her. Like, he just turns up at events where she is. Yeah. Like, oh, MJ. And he, and he just has that. Oh, where is it? Oh. There's a line he's... where he's like, oh, I was in the neighbourhood. I took two buses and a tram to get here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she just, like, giggles it off, like, oh, Peter. Classic Peter. Yeah. The worst thing is, they are, have... like, they've, they've only just met in that that um museum and yet they go to school together and they live next door yeah 
he's definitely trying to see her naked. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to try that. He, he really doesn't. <laughs> I I just hate that um, Tobey Maguire has that constant wet lip look about him. Wet lip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's always got, like, really wet lips. Don't Is tell it, me you didn't it, notice his wet lips. <laughs> no, and I'm really disappointed now because I told you about Iron Man where all I could hear was the moisture in that guy's mouth. <laughs> but I can't, I, I can't say he's got wet wet lips. I, I, he's a bit doe-eyed. Like, he's... A bit? He's too big for his head. He's got the squishiest face I've ever seen. He does. He is, yeah, he is not a chiselled man, is he? And he's not—he's not aged. He looks exactly the same now. He could play Spider-Man now. That's because when you get to your mid forties, you look about the same for the next twenty years. Hopefully. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that sink in. <laughs> All right, we are back talking about Spider-Man two thousand and two. Um, what did you guys think of sort of the earlier parts of the film when he is becoming Spider-Man? <laughs> Very courteous of you. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I, it was it was strange. I don't understand what his acid sort of dream was about. You know, the whole skull flashing on the screen. <laughs> Um, I really like that line where he's running up the stairs and Aunt May goes, do you want something to eat? And he goes, no, I had a bite while he's sweating. (laughs) (laughs) This is an ill man. Um, And let's be honest, when he's like, well, he doesn't do it till later, does he? When he's squirting things in his room. That's not a metaphor at all. uh, No. (laughs) Aunt May is knocking on the door. I'm busy. Get out of my room. <laughs> I'm not decent. Which is, I'm exercising naked. Go away. <laughs> yeah. I um I I did write down that there's there's a lot of um, web slinging shots filmed like POV cum shots in this film. I hate looking at that. <laughs> hand it is. Different. And it doesn't do it in the comic books. Why are they doing it in the film? Like, he makes the stuff himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it changed in the comics afterwards, didn't it? it? They made it biological. Oh, did they? Yeah. I yeah. don't know if it's changed back since, but yeah. When did... I was sat watching this with Steph, she was like, so what powers does Spider-Man have? And I was sat there thinking, none, really. Because in the comic books, he doesn't squirt the thing out of his arm. He doesn't really have the thing that grips onto the wall. It's his suit. Really, all he can, all his powers are acrobatics. That is literally all he has. Yeah, the puberty metaphors in this film are rammed down your throat. Very uh, excellent. <laughs> 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 I agree. Bolger took a massive swig of your drink there. <laughs> Wash that taste out your mouth. 
<laughs> oh dear. Um, I think my favourite bit of the, the transformation is when he's doing the whole the, the, the glasses too many times thing. Yeah. Like, can I see? Yes, I can. Can I see? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um... And then Ahmed's like, "Are you alright?" He's like, "I'm, I'm fine. It's, <laughs> I'm a sexy boy." <laughs> yeah. Why does he become rich? Like spiders aren't rich. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, spiders don't have abs. <laughs> this is something. I, again, I just don't like about Toby Maguire. He's such a, a doughy man. He's he's so doughy and lumpy, and he's just not a trimmed specimen of a human being at all. Doesn't look like someone's photoshopped on top of that ripped body. <laughs> also, doughy and lumpy, I am feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but as a superhero that's meant to be a Spider-Man, you expect someone to be a little bit more. I don't know. I'm not saying ripped, but just a bit more gangly, maybe. He's just such a. I don't know. I just. It seems to be like, um, like in the fly, where he just emerges <laughs> like an actual spider, like That's Slenderman. Yes. Um, I do like character-wise, though. He is a dweeb. He is a complete nerd. Like, not even, not even character-wise, just actor-wise. Tobey yeah. Maguire is pretty much that. Yeah, it makes but it probable because the new Spider-Man, he, you can tell he's yeah. going to turn out to be a, an attractive man when he's older. Yeah. Like, yeah. whereas Who... Tobey Maguire looks the same. So since we're on this, who, who is the best Spider-Man, live-action Spider-Man? There's not that many, really, but I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Tom Holland, I think, because mm-hmm. I, I, I love the nerdiness of Tobey Maguire, and but and Andrew Garfield definitely doesn't have that. He's far too. Look at my amazing hair and my skateboarding. I'm a cool <laughs> guy. But but he he's quite good at wisecracking. Where I think Tom Holland has that sort of there's a middle ground there. Yeah. Andrew Garfield definitely had the banter. Like it was yeah. missing from the first Spider Man series. I would have to agree that um Tom Holland for me, just because I think he looks like I I believe that he could be in high school and not be like an undercover police officer instead. <laughs> <laughs> and he, <laughs> and I, I, like, yeah, it's pretty much like, like Jonah Jack. Hill in his thirties, dressed as a child. Honestly, Tommy Maguire could be in, in some sort of Jump Street movie in this film. He is entirely too old, but everyone in the film is. Like all the high school students look about thirty-three. Um, but yeah. I like, I like Tom Holland. He's, I think he's funny, um, and he again, he, he looks like. Peter Parker, but Andrew Garfield looks like how they've modelled the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man off of. Yeah, he definitely does, and it's got the same sort of atmosphere as the films, because the films themselves, the atmosphere wasn't bad, it was just that they were really badly written. Um, 
they're not as good as their most recent Spider-Man films. But yeah, I, I would agree. It looks exactly like the PS4 version. Yeah. Did um did either of you notice the uh, not so subtle Dr Pepper product placement in this? There are so many product placements. <laughs> The, the Dr. Pepper one, I, I love the most because he, he tries to thwip it once and misses and then they just linger the camera on the Dr. Pepper can as he tries again. Yeah. And it's like, all right, we've seen it. There's a bit where he's fighting someone. There's a car chase and he jumps on a um, a car, like a Heineken van. And uh, he just, he's like this really fast paced car chase. And then he jumps on this van and then it stays there for like 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're on a Heineken van. It's fine. <laughs> Everybody knows what it is. Again, I feel like this was just like a early 2000s thing, just really conspicuous product placement. Can we talk about Willem Dafoe? Because he's he's in the beginning of this film anyway. He, he basically yeah. gets turned into, spoilers, the Green Goblin. Mm. What? <laughs> <laughs> That is a good, a really good thing about this film. Within the 15 minutes, they've done the origin story of Spider-Man and his nemesis. And it's just like, job's done, carry on, let's do superhero stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't really get Spider-Man until the one hour mark. I did make a note of this. You don't see proper Spider-Man until an hour into the film. <laughs> it's a long time. You do, you do see the human spider. For a film... <laughs> <laughs> you get plenty of Willem Dafoe doing what Willem Dafoe does. Chewing Act, the scenery. Acting. acting his little heart out. <laughs> Willem Dafoe has the biggest mouth in Hollywood. Can we, <laughs> can we all do our best impression of Willem Dafoe's laugh in this film? <laughs> <laughs> He really does. I honestly don't know if I have the vocal capacity to do that. It's like a squawk. There's no need it's... for the laugh, though. There's no it's... need for the laugh. I don't think in any of the Green Goblin, any Green Goblin story is is a laugh a prominent feature of his character. No, I think you watch a lot of Wizard of Oz beforehand. Yeah. And it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. for the Joker. He was like, Danny Elfman, he he must be writing a Batman like soundtrack. Yep. <laughs> it is just that cliche Hollywood supervillain trope, though, isn't it? A really maniacal laugh. And there's just, there's no need for it. Michael um, <laughs> So speaking of, of Spider-Man's origin, um, it takes us to, as you said, Tom, the human spider scene in the weird wrestling cage match, homoerotic slam down uh-huh. 2002 event. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love that Bruce Campbell is the one to name Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, a strange decision that to to make. To to leave that up to him is you, a bold choice. Did you ever play the original Spider-Man game? I played the 
um, Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 2. Spider-Man 1, he, he does the tutorial. Oh, my God. He's the voice of the tutorial. And he does most of the sounds within the Spider-Man game. And I just think that's great. Because he's like best mates with... Um, are they, are they brothers? The Rami brothers? Raimi? Raimi. Raimi, yeah. Um, well, did either of you clock on to Peter Parker's casual homophobia in that scene? Yep. But he does <laughs> live with like two 80-year-old people. It's, it's a generational thing. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you're making excuses for Peter Parker. I think he might just be <laughs> a terrible person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's like saying oh granddad can be racist because he's old <laughs> yeah it's just when he's fighting um fighting that guy and he says that's a nice costume who made it your husband and be like well, so what if he did <laughs> let matcha man be happy yeah like, it's just it, it's those little things though that just date the film because they, they would never ever put that in a film these days and it's amazing how much our our values have and our tolerances have actually evolved in quite a short space of time well commented on this in iron man where women are treated like shit <laughs> yeah it's yeah, I was just, it really, really stuck out to me. It was so incongruous, just that, the, the homophobia, and it, no one blinks an eye. Even the guy's like, no, no, my husband didn't didn't make it. No, I'm straight. Boobs, tits. Talking <laughs> <laughs> of boobs and tits, can we... <laughs> Go That's on. the worst takeaway I've ever done. Go <laughs> on. Can we give a shout out to his hype women whose improv skills are fucking on point. They hear a name and they're going to, I'm going to rip your little legs off, you spider bastard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're in the crowd. (laughs) Um, Um, So after after he has um, viciously attacked that man in a homophobic rage, um, it it then leads to the scene where... It then leads to the scene where Uncle Ben gets killed for one of many, many times in in live action cinema. Um, did you guys clock the name of the actor who plays the guy that kills him? Sandman? Well, yes. Peter Parker. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, the the actor's name uh, I, I just I was doing a little bit of research because you know I take this so seriously um, Michael Papajohn <laughs> it's not even funny <laughs> it's not is it how can how can you get through life with your surname is Papajohn and I'm things I don't even think his family started the pizza either I think that's just a coincidence he <laughs> He's heir to a Papa John fortune. <laughs> <laughs> you think he has like a manor somewhere in like um, South England, like like Downton Abbey, Papa John. <laughs> it's just really, really tacky. <laughs> They're all Italian. <laughs> oh, xenophobic. <laughs> Papa John's. Uh, yeah, you... Italian. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus time. 
Oh, that's number two. Uh, no, three? When does he say that? There's a Spider-Man where he goes, pizza time. I think, I think it's it, number two. I think it's oh, number no, it two. Might be three. It might be three when he's going weird. Oh, oh when he's he emo dancing. Yeah, when he gets his fringe. How does that make him play the piano? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to this because this is a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of that whole sequence, though, with, with Uncle Ben being shot and then... Spider-Man hunting down the killer because I because I really enjoyed that sequence. It was one of the sort of standout moments to me, and because the film took a pretty pretty, it, it was a bit darker than I remembered it to be. This film, yeah, it's it's a good sequence until you realise there are no police people or anything doing emergency first aid. They're just waiting for paramedics. No one's <laughs> applying pressure. No <laughs> one's raising his legs. They murdered him. They could have stopped it. He's still breathing. He's still talking to Peter. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is complete. They could have got away with this completely. If anyone, anyone in the crowd had just gone, should we, should we help him? I mean, they weren't paying yeah. much attention, were they? Because <laughs> Pete, like Peter Parker runs up and starts crying, and then he goes, "That's my uncle," and they immediately let him through to touch the. <laughs> Dying, <laughs> the open wound. It might just be something Peter Parker does at weekends. He just finds crimes. And he goes, "That's my uncle." <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like um, this is a really tenuous stretch. Um, did you ever watch Murder She Wrote? <laughs> Like that, you know, she walks into an open crime scene and then just starts touching things and she's like, I'll solve this crime. No, you don't work for I, the police. <laughs> I love the, the idea that all that kind of like hip, her and Poirot and everything, they are just, they're the criminals and they're covering up the murders. Like, uh, <laughs> that's my opinion it. It's... <laughs> So there is a, a point I want to make about there is a point I want to make about the uh, the death scene of the guy that shoots Uncle Ben. But I'm going to circle back around to it towards the end of the episode. Um, so we'll come back on to that. Uh, is, it, is it a spotlight that is directly beaming onto the window? That you <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is another very valid point that everyone can quite clearly see Peter Parker. For a good minute and a half, just stood in the spotlight. But why do they know to shine it on that window? Like, what? <laughs> why is it directly on that? And then what it does is it follows him to the ground. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, guys, get a load of this. Follow him all the way. Woo! <laughs> uh, well, this seems like an apt moment to take a break, and then we'll come back, and I would like to talk about the exquisite costuming in this film (laughs) thank you tom (laughs) all right i want to talk about uh green goblin a bit more about willem dafoe and green goblin um and first things first green goblin's exquisite leather costume Rubber, rubbery leather 
muscle yeah, muscle suit. Lame man. Right. <laughs> what you design for a war zone, that's exactly what you'd be wearing. A goblin mask. It's... <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, it's <laughs> a goblin mask. I mean, I'd be quite intimidated if, you know, a whole army of goblin on, <laughs> goblins on this game pounding yeah. towards me, especially if they're all Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I feel like I've had a dream similar to that. Just an army of Willem Dafoe's on hoverboards. <laughs> Oh, I, but just, you know how I feel about costuming in these films. And I just, just, just picturing a thousand Willem Dafoe's. Uh, oh, God. Sorry. It's a bit oh. like in um, Family Guy, you know, where it's like he's under Stewie's bed and he's like, hey, you asleep yet? <laughs> and he just like slides under the bed. <laughs> I, um, oh god it's just you know how i feel about the costuming in these films uh, and although his his outfit is <laughs> stupid i really like the choices they made with, with the green goblin outfit uh because it is so over the top almost pantomime adjacent i, I love it well like compared especially to things like x-men was that 2000 yeah Two years later, we're going like, oh yeah, people like costumes. Let's do mm. it. Let's just go yeah, exactly. all out. You it's can... not comic book um, like though, is it? It's because it, in the comic book, it's like it's like a cloth suit, isn't it? He's got a big purple hood and the green face and like yeah, and the purple glider. Well, have you seen the uh, behind the scenes stuff of when they were going to have like an animatronic mask at one point? No. No. Yeah, they did, they did load of testing for it, but then they were like, this isn't working at all. We'll just have Willem Dafoe's mouth showing ever so slightly. <laughs> you see his pearly whites. But but you're right, though. It's um, They they don't quite do the, the full the full comic book with the, the purple hood, but they, they sort of do something parallel to it. You know, they, they make it look a bit outlandish, a bit ridiculous, but they do that thing that they do in movies. They think they have to make the costumes practical as well, functional as well as aesthetic. And they they, they figure out in, in more in superhero films these days that you can just do the costume. It doesn't matter if it's not that practical. Just do the goddamn costume. But they... Whereas before it was it was very much like we need to make it look like these could be actual people you see in the street. Yeah. Want them in big yellow costumes with an X on the chest because that's not practical. Um, yeah. It's Spider Man, you know, they've made it look like what it would look like in the 2000s. Um, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Um, do you enjoy him as Green Goblin? I didn't enjoy him as anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's so watchable. He's great, isn't he? He's he's one of the best parts of this film. I just the the split personality thing. Does does he have that in the comics? Is that a thing, or is that a choice Willem Dafoe insisted upon? It was sure. very like. I'm... Go on. Uh, I just wrote down Gollum slash Smeagol. It's that very like. Yeah. Two separate characters thing. Yeah, it's really good. 
I think it's very Spider-Man animated series, because I think he does have a split personality in that. He doesn't know what the Green Goblin does in the animated series, but in the comic books, I don't think it's a split personality. He knows exactly who he is. Yeah, I just found it an odd choice, um, which why I, it it made me think, is this just a, a Willem Dafoe decision? Like, I want to play more than one character in this in the film. Let me be two different versions of Norman Osborn, please. Let me do all the acting. I think he auditioned for Peter Parker. <laughs> well, he's the right age. <laughs> um. And and speaking of of, of actors, um, Kirsten danced as Mary Jane. Every ten year old's dream. Sorry, every ten year old's wet dream. No, I was busy with Nala. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, ten ten, ten year olds are like... a bit young, actually, isn't it? Really. <laughs> Uh, edit think... point. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll try that again. Kirsten Dunst. No, keep all that in. Keep all uh, that in. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you guys make of Kirsten Dunst? I don't like her as an actress. Ooh. She's... I don't. I don't. It's not even her as an actress. Mary Jane is unlikable. Completely unlikable. Mm. She is, isn't she? Like, oh, sure, go to the big city, but just stop messing people about. She's openly flirting with multiple people who are best friends. Yeah. In the film, she says, um, I want to go and act. And I was like, good fucking luck. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. And she, I, I, she does I, I, start working for Enrique. <laughs> I think what's ruined it for me is the fact that I know what she does in Spider-Man 3 where she goes to that whole musical number and oh, yeah. I forget about her singing. Like, that is... I have... Spider-Man 3, she just does not give a shit about the franchise. I have really done a good job compartmentalising that film into uh, the, the, the recesses of my memory because it, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Little bits come back to me. I just think, oh, I don't need to. It's why we're not discussing it on this podcast. I do not need to see that film ever again. We've mentioned it in every single episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've used it as a point of reference for everything. <laughs> um, yeah, she's she isn't the the best characterized in this because I hate that they give her that cliche. Um, storyline of dating the high school dickhead as well. Yeah. Well, like, they're all the worst. All all of their classmates and everything are just the worst people. Yeah. <laughs> they are terrible. I hate. You know when he catches her in the canteen, and he yeah. catches all things on the tray. <laughs> That is fucking awful. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> the CGI of that. The whole no, thing. They, they did that, though. What do you mean they like did they that? Put, they did it. They put sticky things on the bottom of it, and it took, like, 37 takes or something, but he did catch everything. 
I feel like it would have looked better if they'd just done CGI, and it would have probably. <laughs> <laughs> just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Ooh, that is a that is a deep quote for this podcast. Yeah, too much. <laughs> just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Um, just on on Mary Where Jane. Just on Mary Jane, though. Um, obviously, it, we we get that iconic scene in in that back alley in in the pouring rain when Sam Raimi, the director, insists on saturating Kirsten Dunst in a tank top with no bra on. <laughs> I mean, it comes from a horror movie. It's kind of, it's part of it. <laughs> it's he is a complete pervert, though, because. I mean, if your best friends are Bruce Campbell, you want to see some breasts. <laughs> <laughs> and we do. One thing, you know, I, I, you know, jumping forward a bit, when they kiss upside down, the iconic hmm. scene, hmm. how does she know where the seam for the mask is? Uh, it's one of those things that these teenage girls just learn, Tom. <laughs> I just know how to unhook a bra without looking. <laughs> Oh, imagine, imagine the film where the scene was just like at his belly button and she just breaches up her whole body and it down. Wait, Bob, imagine the, imagine the film where she he lowers down even further. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing the, the belly button and Tobey Maguire's round belly just hanging there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be so less romantic if it's if it's if it's guts just hanging out. <laughs> if it's like a onesie where you have to zip it from the bottom up, like <laughs> 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 it'd be like you went for a shit after <laughs> the whole suit. <laughs> That's all I can picture. It <laughs> <laughs> would have been a much better film than it was. <laughs> in that, oh. that scene, I could not see a thing. High beams. Like, it was. It was uh, like the fucking Battle of Winterfell, wasn't it? You were just squinting everywhere. You turn the light up and you're like, oh, it's a fucking dragon in that alleyway. <laughs> All um, you could see was Kirsten Dunst's nips. You know, <laughs> he's <laughs> fighting and he kicks yeah. those people through the windows. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they just copied and pasted the same scene. Like it is literally. <laughs> and when you look at the next scene, the windows aren't smashed. <laughs> oh. Sack the editor. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're talking about the fighting, the. Um... The visual effects in this film are something to truly marvel at. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was being facetious, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, we, we were talking about um, the, the PlayStation 4 game. The, the fighting graphics in that game are better than this film. Oh, one million percent. Everything is so rubbery and bouncy in this film. The, the bit where um, Spider-Man is hanging to the roof of his apartment room and then his blood drips out and it looks like flubber. 
<laughs> it is. The matches on the ground, and somehow Willem Dafoe can smell it. And he, <laughs> yeah. Things happened in that room. He can smell the blood, and I, I, I believe he can smell people's blood. What? Just Willem Dafoe? <laughs> just the actor Willem Dafoe. <laughs> but he's just... got enough teeth. He could be part shark. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe is an apex predator. <laughs> <laughs> I um I do really enjoy the scenes when they've got Toby Maguire hanging places because you can see the veins in his neck ready to burst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it God. makes him look even fucking worse. That's he's stuck in, in his gut. <laughs> and breathe in. One, two, three, four. I'm sick. <laughs> Honestly, everything about Toby Maguire in this film just looks like a struggle for him. Yeah. I'm really, really fucking rounding on Toby Maguire in this podcast. <laughs> I don't, th- I don't think he deserves it personally, but it's just it bothers me. Um, so when we, when we first see Green Goblin in full blown Goblin, um, it's that that parade, um, yeah. which is another pretty iconic scene. And again, I really enjoyed that that whole sequence. Did you catch Stanley in the? Yeah. yeah, he he legitimately just steals a child. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. When uh, when he appears on the glider, does the glider run on coal? Like it's a <laughs> <of> black smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a very sophisticated fossil fuel glider. Can we talk about that festival? So. Please tell me what the theme of the festival was. Macy Gray. <laughs> because <laughs> everyone was wearing lederhosen and MJ was in a kimono. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, probably it wouldn't happen now, I don't think. No, yeah, the cultural appropriation in this film is wild. <laughs> in that scene alone. You know what really annoys me? When... Green Goblin throws those um, bombs onto the ledge, and those guys just dissolve into Harry. Fucking <laughs> skeleton grenade! <laughs> what the fuck? And I and I wrote down, why does he only use them once? Yeah, well, also the knockout paralysis gas. One time, never. Yeah. <laughs> if he threw one of those grenades at Spider-Man the first time he met him, end of done. <laughs> yeah, done. Um, but of course, yeah, he uses that um, knockout gas um, in the Daily Bugle, which will bring us on to J.K. Oh. Simmons, which oh. we shall discuss after Tom gives us a nice jazzy interlude for another break. Okay. <laughs> That's the best one yet. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're going to talk some more Green Goblin, J.K. Simmons, and... Other stuff. Correct. <laughs> Can we talk about when... sort of Green Goblin... Ex- it hits a lamppost and it clocks this guy on the head. Like, he did. He did. That, guy, yeah, that guy is dead. <laughs> He, there is he, no world where he will be alive. <laughs> no, well, not with any quality of life where he'd want to be alive anyway. Uh. <laughs> um, 
Just... He he leaves a lot of dead bodies in his in his wake in that one scene. All the skeletons. <laughs> he leaves a lot of skeletons lying about. <laughs> so why did MJ not stand up <laughs> when the balcony's falling? What? It's like Austin Powers where that guy's screaming as that. Just stand up, walk over to the safe balcony, go and join Franco. We've not even talked about Franco in this episode. Like that's yeah. I mean, I've been trying to avoid it because he's 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 not an interesting character in this film. Uh, Do you know what we haven't spoken about? The really awkward Thanksgiving dinner they have. Oh. I'm coming on to it. I'm coming on to that. Um, it's, yeah, it's a really... One thing that I found really strange is that Norman Osborne, Harry Osborne, Mary Jane, all call her Aunt May. She's not your aunt. <laughs> I, really, I really love the scene where he takes some of the um, the sweet potato marshmallow stuff by the way america that is disgusting <laughs> don't put marshmallows on top of sweet potato what is wrong with you uh, um, well, anyway so <laughs> when he touches that and she slaps his hand and then there's an awkward sort of like <laughs> yeah interchange between <laughs> It's it's when um it's when Norman Osborn sharpening those knives staring directly into Aunt May's eyes. <laughs> like this is just the weirdest Thanksgiving ever. It reminds me a little bit of um uh the new Spider Man. You know where he meets um Yes meets the vulture. Yeah. And they start they do that exchange where they're like, Wait, I know you from somewhere. It's that <laughs> That jumped out to me as well. It's that whole um, figuring out who your enemy is in a very domestic setting, and they do it a lot better in Homecoming because it, it, it's so good at Homecoming. It, it's it's one of one of my favourite scenes in any Spider-Man film is in the car with Michael Keaton and Tom Holland, yeah. and in uh, and Michael Keaton is figuring out who Peter Parker actually is, and it's just wonderful because it is the fact that they're locked in this car together. And Michael Keaton elevates that as well because he is just incredible. I love it as well when like the light changes to green and he looks like the fucking Grinch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nice to meet you, Pete. Oh, so it's, it's fantastic. This film also gives us the uh, modern wonder of the world that is J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I don't think anyone could play him better. No. Can't think of anyone who could do a better job. We've no. talked about it before, where actors are specifically almost bred for parts. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is bred for that part. Like, because <laughs> some of my favourite scenes are just J.K. Simmons um, delivering fifty lines in fifteen seconds. <laughs> um, and I love that when they reboot the character in Spider-Man Far From Home, they, they're smart enough yeah, they're smart <laughs> enough to realise they have to get J.K. Simmons back. And I like that they they give him this like InfoWars twist on it for you know twenty nineteen. Uh, but he's amazing, isn't he? He's the best. He definitely is. 
and you know he has some great one-liners i like his um his like entourage as well that he's got yeah <laughs> i was talking to you about actors and actresses i didn't know were in this film elizabeth banks is yeah. his assistant <laughs> I I did, I, you know what? I didn't even clock that. I, yeah, I might have been, uh, I might have been yeah. writing a note down at the time. I didn't even clock Peter it. Peter Parker tries to flirt with her. And yeah, he's like, very badly. I'm a, I'm a photographer. And she's like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. There's a lot of them here. It's a newspaper's mate. One of the um, Raimi brothers is the other one who comes in, who pokes his head around the office and says stuff to him. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know which it is. It's not the one who directed it, I don't think. Sam. No. I do I mean, like that he's, he's, a mass, he's a dickhead. A lovable dickhead. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's not slander, that's libel. Whatever. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that's an amazing line. Yeah, he's, um, <laughs> yeah slander has to be in print. <laughs> or, or the other way around. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and then he's also like honourable as well. Like he doesn't rat out his sources. Yeah, when he's, like, when he's genuinely got Green Goblin bearing down on him. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a delicious point to the next room. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the pictures that Peter Parker provide look like my early attempts at Photoshop. <laughs> they are so shit. <laughs> I like in superhero films when there's when there's a fire and there's always somebody's baby in there. Oh. <laughs> what is with these negligent parents? My baby's in there. Well, you are 16 stories lower than it. Why is it there on its own? I just wanted to go for some tapas. <laughs> <laughs> how how was the Green Goblin making the sound effect of a woman screaming? Oh my God! I literally wrote that. <laughs> How does Willem Dafoe do the girl's voice? <laughs> <laughs> Acting. Uh, it probably is just Willem Dafoe. <laughs> is he not really hot? Like, he's got the fucking <laughs> garb on, and then a little... Uh, <laughs> it, it's never explained how he, he sounds like a small child. <laughs> and they don't attempt to explain it either. Uh, but he's he's just he's so emotive he can, he, <laughs> he can do anything. So as as the film unfolds, obviously uh, Willem Dafoe starts to figure out who Peter Parker is, um, and then we get that very biblical scene when he smashes through Aunt May's bedroom window as she's mid prayer. Uh, Dramatic. Uh, yeah, very Shakespearean. Finish yeah, finish it. <laughs> it's almost a bit like I don't know. I, each I, other. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the way he's telling her to finish it. I think at, at that point it was bone saw in the costume. Finish it. Come <laughs> 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 ready. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that, and then. After we get, you know, it, the film again is very, um, very upfront about the fact that this guy is going after Peter Parker's closest um, confidant. So, uh, no sooner than we've got Aunt May in hospital, he's figured out, oh, I'll go for Mary Jane next. Um, and then we get that. Um, I, do, I do like that Peter figures that out, though. He's like, he's 
onto it pretty quickly, which is yeah, yeah, he does. He's he's not um he's not as useless as some superhero as superheroes are in their origin stories. Um, but we we it takes us to that pretty iconic scene um, at at the bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, maybe um, when Goblin's got Mary Jane in one hand and a fucking cable car full of kids in the other. And he's I love like, that he, he knows it's a cliche. <laughs> yeah, it is. This film is riddled, diseased with cliches and superhero tropes. <laughs> yeah, because Spider-Man turns up and he goes, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his face says. Oh, we're doing this one, are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a pretty great, a pretty great scene, um, CGI notwithstanding. Because um, there's a moment when Mary Jane falls about 60 feet and still manages to hold on to the cable car despite slamming into it about 200 miles an hour <laughs> at terminal she, velocity. She is the actual superhero here. She could kick everyone's ass. There is a bit when she, she's blown around like a flag. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the first time. <laughs> sure, it's just. I love the way these old 2000s films treat actors like they're just rubber dolls and they're just <laughs> ragging them around. Um, oh, God. The... So that scene brings in, I think, the, the most important character in these films New York. Yes. <laughs> the New Yorkers are very angry people. You messed with one of us, you messed with all. <laughs> what what do you think of the little like the little uh, cutaways to New Yorkers at random points? I like it. I like it because it um it's like I'm I'm trying to find a um a way to explain it. It it, it reminds me of playing the Spider Man games when you'd be zipping about doing your main missions and there's just like a little thing going on at the side and it, it like I said it, it makes the city a character in the yeah. film as well and it makes the stakes a bit more relevant because it's not just about these four characters we're watching you, you you're aware that there's actual people going about at the same time that he needs to protect and save it reminds me of the uh, the boat scene from Dark Knight you know, when oh, the, mm. the, the people in Gotham are not mentioned at all, but then on this boat, they all become part of this problem. Yeah. You know, he's got to make a choice. What, to, Which does he choose? Yeah, that's that's probably a, a, a criticism you could aim at those Batman films. Is it, It's, you know, to say the word Gotham is used in every single scene Batman and the characters are very disconnected from what's actually going on. In God. You don't really see him interacting with the people that much. And I do like that this film takes place in and amongst everyday people. It makes feel a bit more alive, I yeah. think. What I want to know is, hmm. with that montage, what one guy saying his brother saw him making a nest. What did that dude's brother see? Who is making a giant nest in a fountain? Like there's some creature in New York making giant webs in fountains, and it's not Spider-Man. That's just New Do you York. Think that, that, fucks, 
It's that footage. They weren't actors. They just went round New York and just asked. <laughs> I hate him. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, what do you know about Spider-Man? That, that's literally what they did. Because some of them, I genuinely think they were not actors. Those construction workers were not actors. I would love that if that's what they did. That would be amazing. You can climb walls. What, what do you want to know? <laughs> what about the uh, the busker who starts singing the original Spider-Man theme tune? Love it. How amazing is that? Like, love it. A shiver went up my spine when I was listening to that. Like, this film needed more of that original theme tune just... I mean, Danny Elfman wouldn't wouldn't budge clearly. It's, it's, his, it's, it's his way or the highway. But again, that's something I love about the um, the Tom Holland films is they sneak that original theme tune into it. Um, and it is so iconic. Um, moving on towards the end of the film, uh, big climactic battle between Spider-Man and Green Goblin, um, which, is, which is another pretty, pretty dark um literally and figuratively seen uh, <laughs> in more ways than one um what do you guys think of that final final fight scene peter gets the shit kicked out of him which you don't always see in superhero films but he gets messed up yeah he does i like i it. don't know how peter parker with all of his powers and all of his spidey sense could not see that the green goblin was like beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah his um his spider sense is very unreliable that is the quietest i've ever heard that coal powered glider go <laughs> yeah it's that um <laughs> that scene when there's it's that slow motion explosion and you see his mask rip off his face um and it is him just getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. Um, but this brings me on to the, the point I wanted to make about the guy that shot Uncle Ben. And it, it's not just this film that does it. Loads of superhero films do this because they can't figure out how to write these villains out without making their heroes murderers. So they find really creative ways for people to <laughs> die accidentally. And it's really, really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's a lot of tripping. There's there's just a lot of really clumsy people. So that guy obviously falls out a window that shoots Uncle Ben, and Green Green Goblin impales himself in the dick. <laughs> and one of the best lines, which is just, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, I I audibly laughed at that moment. <laughs> oh dear, um, right. he did not through. He did not think it through at all. No, he You know didn't. when you were thinking about when the mask is ripped off? Yeah. Of Peter Parker. Did did you guys do the same thing I did? Did you go, oh shit, I, for, I forgot it was Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely forgot it was him. I was like, oh I yeah, he, he's in this. <laughs> I forgot it was an old man. <laughs> it's It's <Okay>. like... <laughs> It's like in Spider-Man 2 when he's on when he's on the subway and all the New Yorkers like pull his mask off and they go, oh, he's just a boy. No, he's not though, is he? <laughs> he's just a 40-year-old man. <laughs> it's like they had to make a point of people saying he's just a he's just a child. He's really not. Oh. He's anything but. 
But they um, have the reaction like someone's just seen a relative of theirs. Like nobody knows who Peter Parker is. Like. No. <laughs> well, I mean, this film obviously um, spawns two more films, one slightly better than the other. Um, <laughs> okay. um spider-man 2 is probably one of the best superhero films we've got well no but it is great (laughs) (laughs) right okay normally we would do a little bit of a fantasy casting but i feel like it's difficult when we've already got an active spider-man universe ongoing at the moment and Tom Holland is pretty perfect, I think, as, as Spider-Man. And he can't change J.K. Exactly. You can't change him. Michael Keaton is flawless as the Vulture. You can't change Willem Dafoe. Nope. <laughs> no. Beat by Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah. I just wish they played green and just and like, yeah, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, mm. and and I quite like Zendaya as as MJ. I know you're not a biggest fan, also Tom, but but I think she's pretty pretty good. She's fine, but she's not MJ. Like they're too like Mary Jane is a very distinctive like character wise. Like she's sassy. She doesn't take any shit. She's like, go get him, Tiger. I don't see. Zendaya is very sassy in those films, though. Yeah, I don't see her going, go get him, Tiger. I go, I see her telling him how to do what he's doing better because she's quite smart. Mm. Well, that's good, though, (laughs) because in the second one, when he's, like, trying to tell her that he's Spider-Man, and then he goes, I need to tell you something, she's like, yeah, you're Spider-Man. It's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's great. I I like, I, I do like it. I just don't see her as, like, like, why does she have to be MJ? Like, Mary Jane is MJ. Keeper is this awesome character that she already is. You don't have mm. to combine the two. I suppose the way I look at it, it's like when people were, um, you know, shitting on Zack Snyder for the way he portrays Superman and Batman, and probably rightly so. But it's also, you know, we've we've got decades worth of stories with these characters done in a very similar way. I don't mind filmmakers and story writers just putting a different spin on characters that we've seen done similarly for 40, 50 years anyway. Um, I, I think it's nice to see them through a different point of view. Well, yeah, we were talking about Thor, weren't we? Where, you know, comic book Thor is completely different now to what it was yeah. years ago. And that's because of the films. That's because of the, the people getting on board with it now because of what, you know... Ragnar did very much the way they have rebranded the Aquaman comic book, so now he looks like Jason Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one one medium feeds the other and improves it. Um, but yeah, I I can't think of of a, a, a cast better for this film than the one we've got. Although at times some of the acting is a bit two thousand and two y. I I love them. I love everyone in this film. Do you know what I read? I know you, you're the trivia guy, Lewis, and I've, I've sort of stepped on your territory in the past episode. But uh, I've, been, I've been usurped. <laughs> did you hear that Hugh Jackman actually turned up for filming? 
for the Spider-Man film. No. He, he they had written scenes where he meets um, Wolverine, and Hugh what? Jackman actually turned up to filming, and they actually turned him away and said, "No, we've actually cut those scenes." Oh. At least let him know. <laughs> Why was no one on the phone? <laughs> no one. Don't turn that's up. Some, <laughs> that's some bad organisation, isn't it? Yeah, it's no good. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what he would have added to the film. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Sexy yeah. <laughs> bod. So, where does this uh, rank for you in all the Spider-Man films we've got then? Uh, better than all of the amazing ones. Yeah. Which is a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant, though. Uh, I would. I prefer this. I think. I reckon probably Spider-Man Two and Homecoming for me are fairly equal pegging. Yeah. They both have an amazing villain. Yeah. I don't know who I would choose out of those two. Mm. Uh, but then probably this one and this one then Far From Home I think okay that's fine (laughs) we're going to be right (laughs) (laughs) the Garfield saga is at the bottom of the rung and then Spider-Man 3 comes after that Spider-Man 1 and then Far From Home and then I, I, you know what? I'd go Spider-Man Two, and then Homecoming. Yeah, I was debating my top two between Homecoming and Spider-Man Two, and Spider-Man Two takes it just because, as much as I love all the MCU of Homecoming, they spend a lot of time trying to shoehorn in a lot of Avengers story points into it. And I, I don't think it needed as much. It's clever. And I like the way they, they make the vulture, this like um, disaster rescue guy. Um, but I like Spider-Man too, just because it exists in its own, in its own world. Um, and, but it's interesting how both those films are elevated by excellent villains and how other films are spoiled by not very good villains because those are your changing denominators, aren't they? Um, and a good or a bad villain really can just make or break these these superhero films. And Michael Keaton and um, whoever plays Doctor Octopus clearly do a good job. Yeah, I feel like if they did keep out the extended MCU from those Spider-Man films, it would have still been really good. It's hard to it's hard to keep up. You know, if Gwyneth Paltrow can't remember that she's in the fucking film, <laughs> how, can, how can I keep up? Like, oh, I think that says more about Gwyneth Paltrow than it does about the state of these movies. Too many fanny candles, that's what she's on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you guys got any other any other notes on I've got I've got a handful of like single sentence notes which I think can just be out there and that's it. <laughs> Here's yeah, the one. A moment where you read them out and we don't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go, sure. go. This is, this is a new segment. All right. Yeah. Uh, fuck off, does uh, Norman Osborn drink Maker's Mark? That's just not a thing. <laughs> Done. Uh, 
It's lucky that Harry arrived in the room by the gun drawer, or does every drawer in his house have a gun? <laughs> uh, does Peter Parker have very distinctive tasting saliva? <laughs> uh, does he usually go to the library till 10 o'clock? What is that about? <laughs> uh, finally, he should either go into comic books or seamstressy. He's very good at both. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my notes. He he tailors himself an exquisite outfit <laughs> in an evening. Does he does he do it at school? Do you think like as in like part of a DT or? This is something we've talked about before. These <laughs> these superheroes in their early days are very good at crafting outfits. Who is the MCU seamstress? <laughs> Peter Parker, apparently. <laughs> He's just there with pins in his mouth, like, dressing Captain America. <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> let, me just, let me just do your inseam. <laughs> to the left. <laughs> well, that seems like a good place, Eddie, to end this episode. <laughs> Oh dear. All right. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy days, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for everyone who's listening to who actually made it this far. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, this is a brand new. Yeah, this is a brand new phase of our podcast. So next week, uh, or whenever we record next, we are going to be discussing the oh, 1998 Godzilla. <laughs> I feel like that might be one of those, as they say, feature length recordings. Before you watch it, I I will recommend a segment for you. Please name me all of the Simpsons voice actors in that. <laughs> all right. Challenge they are accepted. all in it, bar one. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so before we finish, did did you guys like Spider Man then? Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I, it, it, I it might actually that... go and independently watch number two. Yeah, yeah, I I got in the mood to watch more Spider Man, and it it has that weird mix of like nostalgia, um, even though it's not that old. It makes you. It made me feel quite nostalgic for being happier. <laughs> remember when i wasn't miserable yeah good time <laughs> when i didn't have to pay bills because i was 10 when <laughs> and watch spider-man one and fantastic four. Oh dear fantastic four right well thank you as always gentlemen for being with me during a pandemic always appreciated you too dear always a pleasure and we will see you next time bye bye